back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom. I'm your host, David Cromwell. Well, the moment that all football fans are anxiously awaiting is exactly two weeks from tomorrow night. As the 2017 NFL Draft rapidly inches closer by the hour, more and more drama and uncertainty will dominate the news cycle, as we saw with Adam Schefter's hot scoop on the Browns yesterday. However, we here at Sports Crunch with D. Crom treasure certainty more than uncertainty, yet the only thing we can be certain about this next fortnight is the potential of these 2017 NFL Draft prospects. And today, in our fourth edition of our Draft Preview Series, we look into the potential of this 2017 linebacker class. And to break down these linebacker prospects, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the show my good friend Pete Smith of DraftBreakdown.com. Great to see you again, Pete. How you doing? Good. How's everything with you? Everything's been going great, thanks. It's always a pleasure having uh, great football minds like you uh, join our, our program, especially during... Uh, this time of year, which is arguably my favorite uh, time in the non-football playing season uh, calendar. <laughs> and uh, let's uh, get right down to business. Yes, I alluded that we here at Sports Crunch with D. Crom um, prize uh, certainty over uncertainty. But I, but since you are from Akron, Ohio, and a Cleveland Browns fan, I wanted to ask what your thoughts were on the, sh- on the scoop that the Cleveland Browns front office actually isn't quite sure whether they're going to draft uh, Miles Garrett, who's hands down the top prospect in this class with the first overall pick. There's reported divisions between uh, some people within the Browns wanting Garrett at one and others wanting North Carolina quarterback Mitchell Trubisky at one. Um, what is your take on the, that uh, new scoop by Adam Schefter last night? Well, I would, I'm not going to say he's making it up, but I think it's true, but old, I guess I would say. I think I think that report is probably accurate as of about February. And, and when you put it in that context, um, it becomes a situation where it's, it's a, it's a, it, it's a discussion and part of the process as opposed to, um, you know, panicking up near the draft. And, and, you know, I can't help but notice the fact that that report came down a couple hours, uh, before Trubisky was on, uh, Gruden's quarterback camp, uh, you know, and, and there's, you can't help but wonder how much of this is a little bit of a ratings push. Schefter's a great reporter, but you know he's not above, you know, getting a little push from the uh, for the sake of the brand and everything that goes with that. So you know, it, to me, if they don't pick Miles Garrett, it'd be a Leicester City type upset where it's you know however many thousand to one that that's not going to happen. And and I think not only is that going to happen, but I think they've been decided about that for the better part of a month. I completely agree. It would be a catastrophic mistake, dare I say, to not take Miles Garrett at one. And thank you for um, uh, shedding light and cutting through the bull on that for us, Pete. And now let's proceed with the main topic of discussion uh, this evening, which is this uh, linebacker class. And uh, two linebackers are widely expected to go in the first round, Reuben Foster of Alabama and Hassan Reddick of Temple. Of those two, who would you draft first and why? Um, it, it, for me, it's, it's Reddick and, and, and you have to take it in mind that I don't think he's a true linebacker in the sense that you're going to put him at Mike or anything, but the guy he, he should be modeled after in terms of how they want to use him is Von Miller. Uh, he, you know, he's a, he's a defensive end who'd be moving back to sort of a Sam position and he was outstanding at the senior bowl, uh, really opened eyes as far as his ability to, flip his hips and show some things in coverage. But I mean, that's really it as far as you've got for true linebacker uh, 
showing. So there's a lot to like there. I think he could be a franchise player. I think a team like the Bengals should be looking him at maybe as early as nine or, or the Colts at something like 14 or wherever they're picking. Uh, I have a lot of issues with Ruben Foster, uh, not the least of which is his size. Um, he's got the medical going on with his shoulder right now. So you're not getting any athletic testing. You've got the uh, issue with the, the combine, albeit maybe not a huge deal where he, you know, gotten a allegedly physical altercation with hospital staff in terms of trying to get his testing done. In fact, he has to go back to uh, Indianapolis for the combine medical recheck, which is going to be his first check because he didn't get that uh, done. So there's a lot to be concerned about. And then, and then uh, his, when you get into how much production he actually had, it's not nearly as much as, as guys you, you want to see if you're trying to project a guy like Foster to be an all-pro. I think he's uh, more of an end-of-the-first-round, second-round type prospect than the, the sort of the automatic you know, Luke Keekley guy he's made out to be uh, by, a lot of, by a lot of people. A very interesting take there on uh, Ruben Foster. And uh, I do um, uh, want to bring to our listeners' attention that uh, – this Thursday and Friday, all the uh, these NFL draft prospects uh, are indeed headed back to Indianapolis for uh, medical rechecks, as in those who have uh, come off uh, serious injuries like uh, Ruben Foster with his shoulders, Jonathan Allen of Alabama with his shoulders, um, Ryan Ramchick from Wisconsin, etc. And uh, I was just... Uh, uh, I was going to ask you, who do you think will be the first linebacker off the board, regardless of the opinion you just um, uh, explained with us? I, I think it will be Foster. I just I, I don't think it's an advisable decision. I think you you'd be better off taking Zach Cunningham from Vanderbilt if you want a true uh, off ball linebacker in the in, in that traditional mold. I, I do think somebody be it Cincinnati or. Maybe New Orleans will take uh, Ruben Foster uh, and, and bet everything on him, but I think the smarter choice is certainly uh, uh, Van- Vanderbilt's uh, Zach Cunningham. I, I just think you've got a much better uh, idea of what he does well. Uh, he's he's much more productive, uh, good athlete. He just uh, does everything you want, and the only thing that really hurts him, and it probably shouldn't, is just the fact that he played at Vanderbilt. Pete Smith, ladies and gentlemen, follow him on Twitter at underscore Pete Smith underscore draftbreakdown.com is his uh, current uh, home of residence. And uh, you uh, uh, back to Ruben Foster for a moment. Uh, suppose his uh, uh, med checks uh, this week uh, do not uh, show uh, the desired results. Uh, how far do you think that could push him down the board if that's the case? I mean, it would all depend on recovery time and then, you know, long term outlook. If you're if you're saying that he's got, you know, a debilitating medical condition that could, you know, shorten the length of his career, you could have a situation like you did last year with uh, Miles Jack and Jalen Smith. Uh, now, though, it's a little different because it's shoulder versus versus knees, but. If they're very concerned about the, you know, the length of his career, that's sort of, I think that's maybe the realistic framework you have for, for that type of fall. I completely agree. And uh, also you referenced uh, Zach Cunningham of Vanderbilt, which takes us to our uh, next question. Uh, Are there any other linebackers you see going in the first round? We obviously mentioned Reddick and Ruben Foster, but uh, we also got Zach Cunningham, as you mentioned, or uh, Jared Davis of Florida. Uh, Do you see uh, any other linebackers aside from uh, 
uh, like the Cunninghams, Reddicks, and Fosters uh, going in the first round? No, and and there is. I've seen the buzz with with Jared Davis, and he's a, he's an impressive athlete. Uh, I don't think the resume backs up uh, the first round talk, and you know it's one of those things where every year, and and God knows I've done it, where we think we're going to project you know so many linebackers in the first round, and then we end up getting either none or one, and then all these great linebackers end up being great picks in the second round, and and I think that's more likely to happen, especially with the sheer amount of talent. So I think at most you're going to get two. Uh, I would be very surprised if, if Davis ends up sneaking in there. Yeah. And you mentioned this, uh, I'm a, I'm a talent of this uh, linebacking crop and, uh, and it is up for debate exactly how deep a talent is. It is like, for instance, uh, Dade Brugler of uh, CBSSports.com. He has eight linebackers with day one to two grades and Matt Miller of Leach Report has 14 such grades for linebackers. Whose perspective are your thoughts more aligned with? Um, if you're asking me how many should go that high, I'm 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 going to be on the lower end. Uh, but my my pushback is that uh, you know I, I think the the crop of linebackers in this draft is is really deep. It's just I think you're going to get a lot of players in on day three that are just as good uh arguably some of them are better than some of the guys who will go uh on day two i i think after you get past about cunningham it becomes a very closely uh knit group of linebackers and i think uh, the talent is comparable enough that kind of like this corner class uh you're probably going to be better off waiting uh and seeing guys drop and sort of uh waiting a little bit maybe around two rounds three rounds in some cases and picking up basically similar talent uh at a later pick which you know is obviously the the smarter value smarter smarter buy even if you don't get your first uh first choice at linebacker yeah very very a very interesting point uh there and uh and uh, you mentioned about um, uh, waiting for uh, linebackers, given the depth of this uh, crop. And name some of those uh, linebackers who could make tremendous bargains on day three of the draft. And also, do you see a somewhat of a drop-off, uh, whether massive or slight, from the premier talent, as in the talent that will be likely taken in the first two days to the day three talent of linebackers? No, I actually I think after you get past Cunningham, it becomes it goes from a, a a potentially great linebacker to a bunch of good linebacker prospects, and it's there, there's a lot of talented guys in this group. Uh, so you're asking me who who's who's going to end up going later that maybe should go you know be, be in that value. Elijah Lee of Kansas State, really productive. He's young. He's 21. Tested great. Uh, the issue with him is is you, he's got to get be a little more, more physical in terms of taking on and shedding blocks. But as a run and chase linebacker, he's tremendous. Blair Brown from Ohio is is a traditional Mike, uh, and he has the athletic traits and production that suggest he could be an All Pro. Uh, just in the box, takes on the boss block with a bunch of force. Just a terrific player. He shows a lot of speed on the field. Uh, Tao Lodolele of UNLV, his brother's uh, a member of the Raiders uh, from UNLV, and, and he's in that same mold. Just a terrific player. Uh, and then, you know, a guy, you know, one small school guy who could end up being really good is, is Dylan Cole of Missouri State, just a freaky athlete with a ton of production. And then, you know, another SEC guy that that's probably going to go day three that, that – maybe as good as some of these guys who are going to go a lot higher is 
Richie Brown Jr. of Mississippi State uh, has all the athleticism and, and production of a lot of those um, higher touted guys, but for whatever reason, he's not rated that high. And, and Mississippi State has a pretty good track record of producing linebackers out of that uh, out of that defense. Oh, most definitely. The Mississippi State defense does have a track record, not just at linebackers we saw with Bernard McKinney, but obviously with uh, Fletcher Cox uh, as well, who's arguably one of the best um, uh, 4-3 defensive linemen in the the NFL right now. And uh, you mentioned a lot of great linebackers that could go on day three, but a guy currently getting some buzz that you left out is uh, Jayon Brown from uh, UCLA, who replaced Miles Jack when Miles Jack got hurt during his senior year back uh, in 2015. And... uh, what what are your thoughts on J.I. Brown? He's getting some more traction as the draft draws closer. Um, good athlete. It's just the uh, the production isn't there for me. Uh, if you're talking about, uh, you know, what, what you want to see out of a linebacker prospect, it usually comes down to how many, you know, how many plays can guys make. And, and you know, for me, uh, you want to see that out of these guys. So there's a lot of the, a lot of linebackers that sort of fall short in areas. Uh, but you know, that being said, UCLA has a, has a good track record, at least on the defensive side of the ball, uh, producing players. Brown could be in that, uh, mix. He's a little smaller than you'd prefer, not super tall, but you know, he actually had way more production than miles Jack did. So there's a lot more just sort of trust, uh, on him than, than some of these other guys. Yeah, it is going to be very fascinating to see where uh, Jayon Brown goes, given that uh, the per- overall production isn't there, but the fact that he did have more uh, statistical production than Miles Jack at UCLA, he said it's going to be very fascinating to see exactly how um, uh, high uh, he goes. And uh, are there any other prospects with a late rising stock that we should be aware of? Um, Eric Wilson of Cincinnati is a guy who who's gotten a little bit of a, a buzz uh, lately, in terms of visits, good athlete, good production. Uh, he, he initially went to Northwestern, transferred to Cincinnati, uh, has a lot of production on special teams. Connor Harris of Lindenwood, uh, four-year starter and, and team captain all four years, uh, good athlete, You know, has, has been productive at every level, sort of that old-school linebacker uh, that, that fits in a new-school league. Marcus Oliver of Indiana. Uh, is is another one of these guys, you know, with Indiana, it's it's a lot of prospects that have been sort of sneaking into the NFL uh, and adding up from a school that people don't really expect. Um, and then, you know, I'll give you one really deep sleeper. Anthony Zappone from Slippery Rock uh, actually started at Eastern Michigan, uh, but after he transferred to Slippery Rock, has, has, has been a terrific player for them good athlete, been really productive. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot, as I said, I, I don't think even after the draft is over, you're going to be hurting for guys that can potentially make a roster, potentially help a team out. There's just that much talent at that position this year. Oh, most definitely. Absolutely. And the fact that you brought up some, uh, small school, uh, guys who are getting some late buzz just, uh, magnifies that. And uh, before we play a fun game that we introduced uh, on our last episode, uh, I have one final interesting question. Yes, uh, and it's important to our listeners to know that when we talk about this group of linebacker process, we're talking about traditional off-ball linebackers. We're not necessarily talking about edge pass rushers, which include three, four outside linebackers, but I was interested. Um, When looking at this uh, edge class, especially the um, uh, premier edge talents, like obviously Miles Garrett, Solomon Thomas, 
if you look at him as an edge player, uh, Derek Rivers or uh, Derek Barnett, uh, Charles Harris, Taco Charlton, uh, you name it. Uh, do you think any of those guys that I mentioned have the ability to eventually take on a wider range of responsibilities as a 3-4 outside linebacker, such as like dropping into coverage? Um, the guy who stands out, I suppose, in that respect is T.J. Watt, only because he's done it uh, a little bit. Uh, Derek Rivers, I, I think the teams that like him the most like him as that 3-4 outside linebacker. There's a lot of teams like Pittsburgh that have been sniffing around him. Those are the two of the guys you mentioned that, that stand out as guys who who really fit the ability to, to, to be that type of player. Um, so, I mean... There's there's other guys who could potentially do it, but those seem like the most natural um, fits to to be that type of player. I, I mean, I mentioned Hassan Riddick; he's the most natural of all of them. Uh, and then Tyus Bowser is is another linebacker that's that's a three four outside linebacker for Houston. And you know, when people have gone back and looked at the tape, the b- biggest confusing thing they've come across is wondering why he was dropping in coverage so much when he was such a good pass rusher. So he was productive as a pass rusher and, and people are sort of looking at the, looking at him going, he could have actually done more damage had they let him lose. So he stands out as, as another guy who's going to make teams happy from that standpoint. Yeah. Thank you, Pete, for uh, providing us some more clarity on that matter. And one of the more fascinating uh, discussions uh, that I like to have uh, during draft year is to determine who is just strictly an edge player, who could also be an edge player and a um, a full time uh, three, four outside backer as well. And uh, and in honor of that, we want to uh, play a fun game here that we introduced last week, and it is called Absolutes. And uh, what I will do is I will name a characteristic that NFL teams look for in a linebacker. And you are going to name me who, which linebacker prospect do you think is the best in that uh, department? Starting with run defense, which linebacker prospect has the best run defense in 2017? Uh, I would say uh, Zach, Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham of Vanderbilt, which linebacker prospect has the best coverage skills? Coverage skills, uh, probably Elijah Lee of Kansas State. I think that's where the area is where he's, you know, where teams are really going to like him. Well, fascinating. Can't wait to read more about him in the coming days. Uh, which uh, linebacker prospect has the best overall three-down skill set? Zach Cunningham, far and away. He's the guy that uh, you think of when you're trying to model your t- uh, model a linebacker uh, in this day and age. Yeah, and, uh, it's amazing why you see him uh, him, uh, uh, him all over the map in mock drafts. The way you talk about him, he should be a first-round uh, selection given the rarity of the, the uh, three-down linebacker, and it's uh, and it's becoming more and more of a necessity. How about uh, the your preferred two-down thumper? Uh, if, if you're going with that, Blair Brown from Ohio, I think he can actually do more than that, but in terms of what you're looking for, uh, for a guy who's just going to get in there, uh, make a mess of the fullback, and, and make a hit on the on the oh, on the uh, running back, Blair Brown is the dude. Uh, he he plays square square shoulders to the line of scrimmage and just goes. Oh man, yeah, you 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 still could use those even in today's pass happy NFL. And how about blitzing skills? Which prospect do you think has the best blitzing skills of the linebackers? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Again, it may it, in this case it may be Blair Brown again, and that's 
mostly because uh, that's a big part of what that defense does. Very effective up the middle, uh, coming out, uh, coming up there with uh, Terrell Basham coming off the edge. Oh, you make me want to watch more Ohio University football. I better talk to Shelby Dermer, who is another good friend of the program, who attends uh, Ohio University. Can't wait to have him back again. Uh, it's fascinating stuff, Pete. Or how about uh, sideline to sideline speed, lateral agility? For li- that much speed, uh, Eric Wilson of Cincinnati, that's sort of what he is. He's a little undersized, but that's that's what teams are going to love about him. He's extremely athletic. Uh, and like I said, he's a guy who hasn't picked up a ton of steam, but you, you're seeing more and more teams sort of uh, sneak him in for his visits. Uh, that explains it, especially the sideline to sideline speed is uh, arguably one of the top, arguably one of the top three traits I would say teams prefer in linebackers these days. How about the ability to take on blockers or stack and shed? Um, for that, I'd probably say Blair Brown, uh, given uh, given what he's uh, what I've seen. The other guy who who would probably get honorable mention with that is, is Ruben Foster. Oh, uh, you, you, you've mentioned Blair Brown numerous times. Uh, where do you think Blair Brown goes? Uh, do you think, would he be surprised if he went on day two? It wouldn't be a total shock. I'm looking at him as a guy who goes early day three, and, and the team I, I've heard that loves him is Tampa Bay. I'm curious to see if that actually happens, but uh, they've apparently their linebacker coach is, is, is big on, on, on buying Blair Brown stock. Oh my God! Put him in Levante David. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Or how about um, pre-snap instincts? For that, I'd go with Cunningham. Uh, smart kid, understands uh, understands what he's looking at. Uh, is able to jump the snap. Just terrific player. Yeah, and I would assume uh, Cunningham would also top your list in lane gap discipline as well. Uh, for that, it'd probably be uh, Ruben Foster, and that's purely purely a matter of what uh, you know Nick Saban sort of demands of his players and, and everything that comes with it, uh, and and maybe a reason why his his production may not be quite as high as as some would hope it would be, simply because you have if you're playing for Saban, you've got to be in this gap at this time, or you're not going to play. Most definitely, those uh, that's a quintessential um, a feature of Nick Saban, as well as uh, Bill Belichick, who um, uh, preach discipline and uh, and and basic responsibility amongst their their linebackers. And how about uh, who has the best ball skills uh, in this uh, crop of linebackers? Because you could always use interceptions from your linebackers. Well, if 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 I include the edge guys, I would say T.J. Watt, and that's because he's a former tight end. He actually. Uh, committed to Wisconsin to be a tight end before he switched uh, sides of the ball. Like his older brother, JJ. Yeah. Beyond that, uh, I'd probably go Dylan Cole of Missouri state, a small school kid with freakish athleticism. And and just, he basically did everything for that defense uh, and and was just a terrific player. And we conclude this uh, game of, uh, of absolutes with athletic measurables of which uh, prospect amongst the linebackers do you think has the most freakish athletic measurables? Uh, it's if it's, I'll give you, I'll, I'll say it's two of them. Uh, Dylan Cole of Missouri state is up there. And then the other guy is, is Raekwon McMillan. That's the one thing that's 
going to keep Raekwon McMillan in the conversation. He is, you know, 6'1", almost 6'2", 240, and he can fly. Wow. Yeah, so that probably explains why many people have Raekwon McMillan as a day two pick. Uh, Pete Smith, ladies and gentlemen, draftbreakdown.com, an amazing site to check out, especially during these uh, final two weeks heading up to the draft where you could watch film and read scouting reports on all of the hot prospects entering this month's uh, NFL draft. And you can follow Pete on Twitter at underscore Pete Smith underscore. And he also uh, writes about his beloved Cleveland Browns for NFLspinzone.com. And Pete, it's uh, always a pleasure having you on the program. You're an amazing wealth of football knowledge, and we definitely hope to have you back on the show in the very near future. Uh, Anytime. Always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure having you, Pete. And that's all for today here on Sports Crush with D-Crob. But we'll be back with Two other editions of our draft preview series next week. The final two, as a matter of fact, as we take a look at this year's quarterback class and potentially generational running back class. Also, be sure to check out our complete broadcast archive as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And once again, that is Crunch with a K. For Pete Smith, our producer Chris Broadhead, man in the box, signed David Cromwell, saying so long and stay awesome.